Welcome back to the Peak Performance Humans podcast. My name is Naeem Mahmood, Peak Performance Strategist. I was one of Tony Robbins's top national speakers and trainers. And today's episode is brought to you by Performance Coach University, the world's number one performance coach certification program to give you the skills, strategies, tools, and technologies to produce world-class results in your life and your clients' lives. So today's episode is going to be on mental models. And the mental models I'm talking about today are specifically from Charlie Munger. And if you don't know who Charlie Munger is, you probably know who Warren Buffett is. Warren Buffett is the best investor by many considered of all time, the GOAT if you want to call him. And Charlie Munger is his kind of silent, humble business partner for over 40 years now, probably. They met when they were in their 20s. Charlie Munger was originally a lawyer and he's a very, very smart guy, more of a polymath. Warren loves finance and investing and just studying businesses. Charlie's great at that also, but Charlie is also very multidisciplinary. And he actually talks about this and I'm going to talk to you about today with his mental models. He talks about making sure you take a multidisciplinary approach to life. Because the cool thing is when you have that ability to understand things like physics, to technology, to sales, to investing, to all these different genres and categories of life, then you really rise up and you can perform at a high level in not just your work, not just your finances, in all the different areas of your life in your relationships, in your health, in your contribution back to the world. So today's episode is going to cover one of his mental models. In his book called Poor Charlie's Almanac, you should definitely go pick it up. It's a wonderful book. And in the book, he talks about he has 25 mental models. And if you're not aware of what a mental model is, I'll give you a quick kind of rundown of what that is. It's really just a way of thinking and seeing and processing the world because the world is a complex place and our brain does this naturally for us. It's always either deleting, generalizing and distorting information that's coming in because at any given moment in time, as right now, as you listen to this podcast, there's millions and millions of bits of information flowing through you right now, visually, auditorily, kinesthetically. But what your brain does, because it'd be overwhelmed, it just shuts a lot of that out and just focuses on what you want to focus on. But if I say, do you notice your right pinky toe right now? You didn't before, but now you probably do. So today's mental model is called liking, loving tendency. And what I'm going to do is I'm literally going to read it from the book. And it's about probably two minutes to read it. And this is a solid mental model for you to just start to notice in your life where this shows up. So I'm going to begin right now. Liking, loving tendency. So a newly hatched baby goose is programmed through the economy of its genetic program to love and follow the first creature that is nice to it, which is almost always its mother. But if the mother goose is not present right after the hatching and a man is there instead, the gooseling will love and follow the man who becomes a sort of substitute mother. Somewhat similarly, a newly arrived human is born to like and love 
under the normal and abnormal triggering outcomes for its kind. Perhaps the strongest inborn tendency to love, ready to be triggered, is that of the human mother for its child. On the other hand, the similar child-loving behavior of a mouse can be eliminated by the deletion of a single gene, which suggests there is some sort of triggering gene in a mother mouse as well as in a gooseling. Each child, like a gooseling, will almost surely come to like and love, not only as driven by its sexual nature, but also in social groups not limited to its genetic or adoptive family. Current extremes of romantic love almost surely did not occur in man's remote past. Our early human ancestors were surely more like apes triggered into mating in a pretty mundane fashion. And what will a man naturally come to like and love apart from his parent, spouse, and child? Well, he will like and love being like and liked and loved. And so many a courtship competition will be won by a person displaying exceptional devotion, and man will generally strive lifelong for the affection and approval of many people not related to him. One very practical consequence of liking loving tendency is that it acts as a conditioning device that makes the liker or lover tend to, one, ignore faults of and comply with wishes of the object of his affection, two, to favor people, products, and actions merely associated with the object of his affection, as we shall see when we get to influence from mere association tendency, and three, to distort other facts to facilitate love. The phenomenon of liking and loving causes admiration also works in reverse. Admiration also causes or intensifies liking or love. With this feedback mode in place, the consequences are often extreme, sometimes even causing deliberate self-destruction to help what is loved. Liking or loving intertwined with admiration in a feedback mode often has vast practical consequences in areas far removed from sexual attachments. For instance, a man who is so constructed that he loves admirable persons and ideas with a special intensity has a huge advantage in life. This blessing came to both Buffett and myself in large measure, sometimes for the, from the same persons and ideas. One common beneficial example for us both was Warren's uncle, Fred Buffett, who cheerfully did the endless grocery store work that Warren and I ended up admiring from a safe distance. Even now, after I have known so many other people, I doubt if it is possible to be a nicer man than Fred Buffett was and he changed me for the better. There are large social policy implications in the amazingly good consequences that ordinarily come from people likely to trigger extremes of love and admiration boosting each other in a feedback mode. For instance, it is obviously desirable to attract a lot of lovable, admirable people into the teaching profession. That's the end of liking, loving tendency. So the cool piece with this, guys, again, there's patterns in life. And this is a pattern of life. And now, ideally, you'll start to notice these tendencies show up in your life. What's the purpose of that? Why does this even matter? Because then you get to process the world and you get to really whittle it down instead of being overwhelmed 
Most people, they don't have no clue. They're just walking around unconscious. But this gives you a way to really understand what's going on and make models of life. That's what the best in the world do. The best athletes, the best business people, the best artists, the best whatever. When you're able to do that, you're able to break and deconstruct life down and you're able to process it better and you're able to respond better. So that's it. For those of you interested, go check out the Peak Performance Coaching Group on Facebook. It's the Performance Coach Facebook group exclusively for peak performers, entrepreneurs, and performance coaches who really want to level up their coaching skills, communication skills, and entrepreneurial skills to really make a difference in the world with themselves, with the people they care about around them, and with their clients. So that's it for today, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.